Hi, Pastor Greg here. I'm the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Jordan, Montana. I'm very excited to introduce a brand new series, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Thank you so very much for being a part of this podcast and listening to this. I hope that you enjoy this series. So without further introduction, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. This morning's verse, I want to start out with um, a a very unfamiliar verse, uh, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Let's pray. Lord God, we just come before you right now. I want to thank you for who you are and what you do. And I pray, Lord God, that our hearts and minds will be open to you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are starting a new series, uh, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. And this is the prelude to the series. This kind of gives an introduction, kind of where we're going to be going and dealing with some things. We are going to be going through the chronological versions, uh, the chronological order of Jesus, his birth. As we go through these, we are going to be combining the prophecies that were made. There's 365 different prophecies of Jesus that we are going to be bringing out as we go through this whole whole thing. So, as I was looking at this week, and we had just finished up our, our um, life in Christ, going through the book of, of Galatians. And I started reading the book of Mark. And I'm like, you know, this is where I want to go. And then the more I dug into the book of Mark, the more it just expanded and expanded and expanded. And the more I was like, I, I really want to go through... Jesus. I mean, we talked about, you know, following after Christ and we talked about, we talked about uh, life in Christ. Now, what about Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah? Uh, Because you may not know this because most people seem to feel like this is Jesus's last name, but Christ is not Jesus's last name. Christ is a title. Okay. Messiah is a title. As that is who he is. He is the Christ. And I know I've gone through different um, different areas like this before. So this is the <clears throat> this is the prelude. This is the lead up. So one of the very very things that it's it's really easy to us who are in church who have been raised in a church um, to assume certain things. Also to assume of certain things of people within the church because there are certain things that we just kind of feel like everybody should kind of know like right like uh, you know David and Goliath right that's there's a story for you right 
most people know David and Goliath. Would it be surprise you to know that not everybody knows about David and Goliath? Not everybody knows that Jesus was Jewish. You know, not everybody knows that, you know, that we even need a Messiah. Ever thought of that? Right? So the very first question I wanted to go through in this prelude is why do we need a Messiah? Right? If you really truly think of this, this question only matters when you think of eternity. Right? Because are there people out there that are living their lives that, you know, they, whether or not they're agreeing with God or not agreeing with God, they're living their lives, they're doing their stuff, and that's who they are. So, what does what does a Messiah offer if all you're looking at is today's day and events, trying to live, trying to survive? So, when I think about this life, okay, so if I come to know Jesus, um, can I promise if you come to know God that life is going to go great, there's not going to be any sickness, there's not going to be any pain, there's not going to be any tears? No. Can't promise that. Can I live life and things will go right or wrong? Yeah, you can just basically live life. So then the question comes to mind of people, maybe not those who have raised in church, but maybe it has hit some people. Maybe it has hit some questions, even if you were raised in church. Maybe it has hit your questions. Why do I need God? So if I'm good to others, generally good things will happen. I mean, that's kind of the mindset. Live, eat, drink, and be merry. I mean, that's even something that's the, even in the scriptures where it talks about, you know, there's these people, there's this phrase, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we may die, you know. Live for today. So what we're seeing a lot in today's in, in today's timeline, a lot of people are going based off of what what makes my life good right now, Right? So really we're seeing whether or not people in church or out of church, we're seeing a lot of general uh, mindset towards right now when the Messiah, that's eternity. Try explaining that to people who are living right now. These questions are look into reality of life questions. This is real life. This isn't just walking past and say, oh, I'll pray for you, right? This is the real-life questions. This is what people want to know. These are the questions that there's a lot of Christians you know, that I have met that avoid these questions because they feel uncomfortable with asking them because they feel like they're doubting stuff. It's good questions to, to have. It's good questions to ask. It comes down to belief, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I can throw facts at you. I can throw documentation. I can throw proof beyond all proof of the scriptures. 
But then it come, becomes a fact versus fact. This person says this, this person says that. Um, which fact do you, once again, which fact do you believe? Questions such as creation, long-time questions of where do we come from? Why are we here? God answers these questions in his word that was written by people, inspired by the Holy Spirit. But that statement only matters when you think beyond the day-to-day -day events. Work, sleep, relationships, entertainment, rinse and repeat. And I'll say that again. This only matters when you're willing to look beyond right here. Are you willing to look beyond today or a week from now or a month from now or a year from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now or 30 years from now or 40 years from now, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 120, 500, 600, 1,000, 2,000. Are you getting my drift? Eternity means forever. When we say, and I'm kind of going off notes right now, but when we say, come to know Jesus, we're talking not about what's going to happen right now or what's going to happen a month from now. We're talking about what's going to happen 10,000 years from now when you're up in heaven. Are you willing to aim for that? Or is it just right now? Is the things that you're dealing with right now, how does it compare to 10,000 years from now? Kind of seems a little small, doesn't it? The arguments, the feelings, the, 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 the inner battles between friends and relationships and ugh, all that stuff. There's a song that says, and the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I'm thinking that that writer had a little window into something that we need to grasp. Future. So I just want to answer categorically right now, the Bible is factual. The issues that are argued, and you'll hear a lot of arguments in today's world. <laughs> the, the issues, it's interesting, the issues that are argued today have actually been answered long time ago. And even some of them have even been answered scientifically and foundationally. But here's the problem. When you bring up that stuff, nobody wants to listen to it. Let me put it this way. If you are convinced in yourself that the Bible is not true, there's really nothing I am going to be able to say to convince you. That's really the truth. If you so choose to not even have a listening ear to actually realize that the Bible has truth and is provable in so many ways, 
there's really nothing I can say. And I say that coming from a really long, many years of trying to talk to people and really coming at it from all angles and being shocked and amazed at how much they ask me to open up my mind to hear them speak, but when I say something, they close down and they don't even hear. Countless, countless times I've come into contact with that. So why is this important? Why am I bringing this up? Greg, pretty much most of us in this church, we understand the Bible, we get this, we understand it, that's wonderful, that's great. Here's the problem. Belief is what drives us. What you believe determines your life. Belief, not religion, because religion actually takes a lot of this, but actually it was belief that really does this. Belief has founded nations, has started wars, caused peace, created relationships, ended relationships, determined college direction, future investments, all based on what we believe. It is interesting to me that so many people argue facts and discuss theologies when our lives are really not, not directed by either. We are directed by what we believe and who we believe. I remember when I was growing up, there was a little statement, and I know I've made this example before, so I apologize for reiterating, but it, it, it still, you know, it, it still works for today. But um, Dave Reaver, if you know who Dave Reaver is, but Dave Reaver was doing a college talk. He's the man that had a, a, a white phosphorus hand grenade blow up right next to him, and about uh, I think it was like 70, 80 percent of his flesh immediately melted off of his body. And when he jumped in the water, uh, white phosphorus burns in the water, so he was still burning in the water. Um, uh, he said that his his flesh was all around him. He said he was beside himself. I love Dave Reaver. He can really make a joke. Um, he said, I, I knew I was still alive. This is a quote. I knew I was still alive because I looked down and I could still see my heart beating. Yeah. So, and Dave Reaver is doing this talk and he's telling them his testimony. And one of the things that he says in this, in this college, now you got to remember, I listened to this when I was 11 years old. Okay. And this is how impactful this was for me. He asked the teenagers, cause he was in a, he was in a high school, um, and he asked the teenagers, he said, all right, all the teenagers look at one, you know, you know, look at your, look at the people that you're around without, without losing it entirely. And then ask yourself this question, are you willing to trust and entrust the future decisions of your life based on the opinions of the person that's sitting right next to you? And the whole entire high school just uproared. You can hear it on the tape. It was a cassette tape. For those of you who do not know, there used to be a time when there was like this little plastic device right here that had this little scrolly thing. And it had this tape that ran across. And you put it on a tape cassette deck, you hit play, and you actually had to rewind. Just saying. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, <laughs> realizing I'm in a different generation. Um, Right, eight tracks. <laughs> I, I actually listened to Bing Crosby for the first time on eight tracks, so there you are. So, um, 
But at any rate, so so the the whole entire crowd uproared, and he said, and Dave Reaver said this, and I love Dave Reaver, and 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 he has, if you ever want to search him up, he's still out there. To my knowledge, he's still giving, he's still ministering. I, I don't, I don't, I think he's still there. Or at least I hope and pray he is. He's such a man of God. Um, but he says, um, he says, you contradict your own laughter. You contradict your own statement, he says. Because 78%, this is by the time when I was 11 years old, so back in the 1800s. Get that? Okay. 78% of you follow, before you follow your parents, before you follow your teachers, before you follow um, even you know, what is socially acceptable, you will follow the opinions of your friends. Look at our world. Look at where we are. I am 44, so I was 33 years ago. Look at where we are. People still going based off the opinions and the perceptions of people around them instead of, well, you know what that's called? That's called relearning. That's not building from the roof. That's not building from where people have learned. That's called relearning information. Okay? What I believe, if I believe my friends more than I believe everybody else, that I'm going to listen to my friends. Right? If I believe somebody, and it doesn't really matter if it's true or not, it just matters what I believe. And operating that is very, very, very tough. So here's my question. Do you believe that there has to be something more than, than we just showing up by random chance on this earth? Do you believe that when you see every day is so complex and that what you see has a purpose? Do you believe that you have a purpose, that there is something more to life than breathing, surviving, and dying? Do you believe? Then may I talk to you about the one who created it all. How we as humans, go figure, messed it up. But then how the one in the midst of our wrong paved the way back. And this is the start of the series, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Why do we need a Messiah? Because there is an eternity. What you do today affects tomorrow. We need forgiveness. We need a life change. We need a want to change, i.e., I want to have a different life. I want to have this thing change. And so we are going to start at the beginning. You probably thought I was never even going to actually even open up the Bible. Yeah, Greg, he just has the Bible open in front of him. He was never going to get into the Bible today. I am. Genesis chapter 1. Now, if anybody has been with me for the last 10 years of being minister, you have heard me go back to Genesis chapter 1 quite a few times, and yes. In 
In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then turn with me to John. And if you've known me for any long time, you'll know and find out very quickly that I love the book of John. And John chapter 1, talking about Jesus, this is his story. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke are what is known as the synoptic gospels. And John is a gospel, but he's, he's kind of different. He starts out differently. Instead of going through the birth and story, in, instead of going through all that, he goes all the way to the back and he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things... All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So right now we have, believe it or not, we have the showing within Genesis and here. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Wait, God the Son? Where'd that come from? Read on. In verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose, whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe, who look at that, what we believe, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as that of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. You're like, Oh, I have some questions. It's like, okay, have questions. But be really realizing that in order to have a question, you need to be willing enough to listen to the answer. The answers are there. If a person does not believe in eternity, I hope that that person starts. If there's a person listening to this or hears this that does not believe in God I hope you reconsider what you believe will determine your life in relation to eternity God created everything through his word by his Holy Spirit the word became flesh and ultimately became our Messiah so whether or not you are a Christian or maybe been one for a while walked away from it or just 
playing at Christianity by doing all the stuff you know you need to do. What we believe determines how we deal with God, creation, eternity, and a Messiah. So why do we need a Messiah? Because we need to correct our relationship with the creator of it all. Jesus Christ, the Messiah. We need to have a life. So why am I doing it kind of almost as if ministering? So there's there's some people that listen to it, or maybe you're sitting in the pews right now. Maybe this is something not a discussion that you've ever, ever had with because maybe you've been raised in church and you've never felt like you could ask these questions, or maybe it's something that you privately need to know. Maybe you're battling the questions of, well, yeah, but people say that God created the heavens and the earth, but I'm learning all this other stuff about, like, you know, how many years the world has been around and how many things are going on and all these questions are flooding my mind or there's things and there's little things that are going on. That's kind of what this series is about to actually kind of answer about the truth behind Jesus, about why we need a Messiah, about those kind of things. And also the willingness to actually ask those questions. But also for those of us who really truly need to get out of the fact of what we've always believed because somebody has told me and I and I need to know because here's the thing it is by our individual choice I need to have a choice my dad is a beautiful wonderful minister he's retired but beautiful wonderful minister has a wonderful relationship with God I, he's not perfect but he absolutely positively has a humble relationship with God I'm not saved because my dad's saved I need to have an individual relationship that means that there's something that I need to get to know. How am I going to get to know? How am I going to walk? What am I going to do? And so if you're, even if you were raised in church, maybe you were, you, you've been, you know, in church for like 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years. Look at your relationship and understand that God is still working on you, that God is still moving on you, and God is still actually doing what he needs to do in you till the very day that you die. God is never done. And so finding out that the relationship with God through Jesus, maybe there might be some things that we might be able to find. I know that there's always new things. You know what? It turns out I don't know everything that is in here no matter how many times I've actually read it. You know how many how many times I read something and God, I don't know why, through his grace and through his mercy, something pops up at me and says, wow, I didn't catch that before. Why is there important for Sunday school? I'll tell you why there's an importance for Sunday school. Because I cannot tell you how many times either I as a teacher or I as a student, when I'm sitting there and somebody brings up a different perspective on something that I have never thought of before in my life and it brings out something new that I've never thought of. We need one another. We need to be willing to be able to talk to one another and say, you know, this is what I get from this scripture. This is what I this is what this scripture means to me. And that could, you don't know this, but your one little testimony could launch a rocket in another person's life that you will never know. But because one little comment, one little comment 
And it goes through. And it goes through. I know that in the 10 years of me being here, I know that every single person I've talked to in this, in this congregation and people that couldn't make it before, I know that in our conversations, you have enriched and have built up and have enlightened. And you have done it throughout the time of me, not just in this congregation, but in this town. I've learned so much because of that. No, I'm not leaving. This is not my exit. This is not my exit speech. <laughs> it may sound like it, but it's not my exit speech. But I'm just saying that we need one another. We need to be willing to come together and say, hey, listen, you know what? This is what I get out of the scripture verse. This is what God taught me this week. This is what I'm feeling. Or even let's bring it down to the real. You know what? Yesterday, I lost a family member and it really hurts. Yesterday, uh, I was in a car wreck and, I, and I'm wondering why I got into a car wreck because I prayed and prayed and prayed that I wouldn't, that my vehicle would be good and whatever, but I still got into a car wreck. Why would God do that? We need to be real with one another. We need to be willing to talk to one another. Because I don't know about you, but I need encouragement. I thank you, every single person, for the encouragement that you have given. Because it means a lot. And I thank you for being here. And I thank you for taking the time to be here. Because that means a lot. You're all very incredible people. And I appreciate you. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for what you do and who you are. I thank you for how you walk us through. I thank you, Lord God, for how you minister to our hearts and minds. I pray, Lord God, that as we go through this series and as we go through the life of Jesus, that you may just open up doorways, that, that we may just have victories and after victories, and that we may learn to, to love one another in such a great way. And I pray, Lord God, that you be glorified in our hearts, in our minds. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and taking the time. I hope that you enjoyed this series. If you would like to follow this podcast as well as other podcasts, you may go to agjordanmt.com. I hope you have a wonderful day.